0: This is from Noor With Love, the podcast that aims to help you discover the light within you because you're awesome, living the life you deserve, and loving who you are. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of From Noor With Love, the space where you and I share tools and lessons that hopefully will help us draw closer to Allah and live more courageous lives, inshallah. I love, love, love reading all your comments and seeing your engagement. I totally love hearing you say I see myself in this or that, and all the wonderful insights that you guys have been having. So please keep those comments going because they really inspire me and motivate me. In this episode, we're going to talk about grief. And I myself have experienced a lot of grief in my life. I originally intended for this episode to be about overcoming the death of a loved one. However, upon reflecting, I realized that talking about grief in more general terms would be beneficial because it covers all different kinds of loss, especially in these uncertain times of great loss. Let's start the conversation with defining grief. Grief is basically a very natural emotion. And it is a reaction to loss, often associated with death, especially the death of a loved one. But grief can be experienced by any type of loss of anything that is really important to us. For example, the loss of a job or a home or a child leaving our home, or the breakup of a marriage or an engagement or friendship. Any kind of loss that we experience on a deep emotional level, that's what grief is. Some loss we experience deeper than others. The death of a loved one is such a deep loss that that's probably why we associate it with the deepest form of grief. The way in which you experience grief is different for everyone. For me, the loss of my parents, I experienced a sort of constant grief, whereas with the loss of my brother, the feeling would come and go. And alhamdulillah, in all both cases, it eventually became less. One thing that really helped me a lot through the death of my brother was reading the Sira of the Prophet or the biography of the Prophet. When I read the When the Moon Split, which I really recommend for those who are unfamiliar with the life of the Prophet, peace be upon him, I began to realize that the Prophet himself had suffered a lot of loss. And that helped me to cope with my own loss. There's a wonderful hadith where the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, was visiting one of his companions during his illness. And he was accompanied by some other companions, may Allah be pleased with them, and the Messenger of Allah began to weep. And when his companions saw this, their tears also started flowing. And he, the Messenger of Allah said, Do you not hear? Allah does not punish for the shedding of tears, or the grief of the heart, but punishes or bestows mercy for the utterances of this. And he pointed to his tongue and i'll add this and all other hadith to my link on my instagram page inshallah this is really important for us as muslims to remember because often we discourage grieving but that just is illogical. You know, Allah has given us these emotions in order to experience them. But he's also given us guidelines on how we should experience them in the sense of not letting ourselves become stuck in the grief, not letting ourselves become overburdened by it. During these challenging times, we have loss of many different kinds. I remember going outside during the first lockdown, each time feeling emotional, because I was in a way grieving the loss of the way of life, the freedom, something that I had totally taken uh, for granted, a time when we didn't have to socially distance, when there wasn't the fear of becoming infected, and maybe becoming a super spreader, or yourself dying or having to deal with many of the different consequences. Also, we face loss of family members, we face the loss of health, the loss of personal freedom, the loss of income, the loss of homes, the loss of businesses, the loss of control itself, of being able to gather with each other. Our entire daily structure has been turned upside down and we're having to adjust to all these changes while at the same time dealing with grief. The nature of grief is that it always is associated with some kind of loss and it always is associated with changes because that loss is a major change but grief has clear stages and being able to understand these stages can help us better cope with the grieving process one thing that i want to express and something that i've experienced myself is that these stages have a tendency to overlap you can shift back and forth from one stage to another sometimes even within a day. What is important for you to know is that you have to go through these changes and give your emotions space to be experienced so that so that you don't get stuck in a stage. I once met a woman who had lost her sanity because she stayed stuck in grieving the loss of an engagement. And she would constantly talk about this person that she had been engaged to. And I met her many years later, and I was really saddened by seeing her being stuck in time, being stuck in that place, and just continually grieving the loss to the point that she had lost her mind, and actually became famous in her entire village for this loss. And this is something that we really don't want to happen to us. The first stage of grief is often denial. We see it happening now in the world. In many places, people are not following the guidelines. I remember going to the store early in the pandemic, and I really struggled to socially distance because people kept coming close to me and seemed to be ignoring the fact that I was trying to socially distance from them and denying the fact of the situation that we are currently in. I also remember once my father had passed away calling him calling him and leaving him a voicemail message asking him to call me back. And this, of course, was me being in denial. I knew that he was dead, but I was denying it and just trying to fight against this reality. And I think it's very important when you are in the denial stage of grief is to work on coming to terms with the situation you are in. Once you begin to come to terms and accept that this is the reality and that you must live with it, then denial starts to fade away. It may flare up again, but reminding yourself that this is reality and is one way of really moving forward. What really helped me is to remember that this is the qadr, the destiny of Allah and that Allah is the blessed of planners, especially during this pandemic. I trust Allah and I know that he knows best and it can be difficult. In addition, uh, as we've seen with this pandemic, Sometimes it's difficult to understand why something has happened. And I let go of the why. I don't know why this is happening now. I don't know why many things are happening. But what I do know is that Allah is the best of planners. And by me accepting the situation and working through my stages of grief, I'll be able to get through it and become stronger, inshallah. I started to realize that also, each stage of grief has its blessing. For example, the loss is so great that it triggers denial. And This initial denial is a blessing, in my opinion, because it helps our emotions to get used to the new reality. You're kind of like in shock. So you're in denial and it helps you to sort of balance yourself and accept, okay, this is what's happening now. From there, the next stage is anger and anger again has its blessing. However, it's something that shouldn't be acted upon. We often feel that anger is a bad emotion, but when you use it correctly, it can benefit us. As we move from denial, we start to experience anger. This is a way of giving us more of a feeling of having power, that the loss has triggered this sense of power powerlessness. The Prophet Muhammad Wasallam reminded us that One of the benefits that we have is whomever controls his anger at this time when he has the means to act upon it, Allah will fill his heart with contentment on the day of resurrection. And you can benefit from controlling your anger. And it also helps your personality to grow and for you to grow stronger as a person as well. Whereas lashing out just makes you weak and it weakens the foundation of your relationships. You know, every in every stage is important to work on controlling our emotions and not letting them get the better of us. This especially is true with the stage of anger. An example that I think of that we see all the time are people who are fighting with other people for not wearing a mask in places where it's mandated. I honestly find this pointless because when you get involved in a physical fight, you're not socially distancing and you're allowing your anger to control you. Simply the way I deal with it is I allow the authorities to deal with it and I just either move away or if I have to be in that space, I try to keep my distance from that person and to not allow the anger to control me because then the situation will completely just get out of control and that anger doesn't benefit me. If you're experiencing anger, work on acknowledging it without acting upon it. Express your anger, you know, you could tell Allah, you can express it out loud. I remember when I said that I was so angry and I told Allah that I was so angry, I felt the anger really lifting up from me. You can tell other people, but, you know, I find that speaking to Allah is the best because he never tires of listening to you and also remember to seek refuge in Allah, because by seeking refuge in Allah, you are acknowledging that you need his help. And you need his help to protect you from this anger or being overtaken by anger. And we also have from our prophetic tradition to make Wudu. This is from our Sunnah and it really helps to ground us. And we have the Hadith where the Prophet Muhammad said, Verily, anger comes from Satan and Satan was created from fire. Fire is extinguished with water. So if you become angry, then perform ablution with water. I also find that taking a deep breath just helps me to focus in the moment. And we've also been reminded in our prophetic tradition to take a different position. If one of you is angry while he is standing, let him sit down. So anger will leave him otherwise, let him lie down. And when we think about it, moving into a different position, it kind of gives your brain something else to focus on to kind of get you out of that loop of anger that you find yourself in. And I find that what really also helps to release anger is to exercise. The next stage that we move into is bargaining. In this stage, we often use terms like if only. I remember saying a lot, if only mama was here, she would know to do. Some of my family members would say, if only the doctor had done something earlier If only now and now that we're in this pandemic, we hear a lot of people say, if only I had taken more precautions or if only you had taken more precautions, you wouldn't have caught the virus or if only that person went to the hospital earlier, they wouldn't have gotten so sick or passed away. But if only doesn't exist, because what is destined to happen did happen. If only is just you trying to bargain with the situation. It's you finding it difficult to accept this new reality. It's you holding on to something that you think that makes you temporarily feel okay, because you're trying to escape the pain of what you're feeling. But if only never existed, never will exist. And it's really a way of us wanting so badly to go back to the life that we had before we experienced the loss. Focusing on what you have control of during this stage will help you get through this stage by focusing on what you can't control with if only you keep yourself stuck in that stage. And in the long run, it will just create more emotional distress because you can't change the past, as I said, but you can focus on things that can help you heal and let go. And accepting is a part of healing and it leads to letting go. I really understand your pain and your desire to want things to be better. I remember last year saying to myself, if only I had made more dua for my brother, if only I had done more dawah to him. But once I caught myself in that, I would just remind myself, Alhamdulillah, Allah is the best of planners. And this actually has a term, it's called reframing. I controlled my thoughts and I reframed my thoughts with something positive by reminding myself to be thankful to Allah, to praise Allah and that he is the one in control and that he is the best of planners. I also turned more to Allah, knowing that I needed him to get me through this loss. Some people think that when you're experiencing loss, that you're being punished by Allah. And even if that's true, that's not something within your control. That's not something that you can be guaranteed of. But what is in your control is the way that you respond. And drawing closer to Allah is one of the best ways that you can respond. The next stage is depression. And this is a very natural stage. And once the stage is triggered, the focus is on the present. That's what triggers it, you're no longer stuck in if only you're no longer stuck in denial or anger, although those stages might flare up, but you realize the loss and experience it in your daily life. And this realization can make you feel really sad and hopeless nothing again will be the same. What is the point of my life without my mom, my dad, my fiance, whatever you have lost. And one big thing that people get stuck in is never having said goodbye. That for a lot of people in this stage is very difficult to accept. I didn't get to a chance to say goodbye to my dad. But to be quite honest, I didn't allow myself to get stuck in this stage. However, my brother who passed away last year did. And one of the last conversations that he and I had before he passed away was about I didn't get to say goodbye, and he just couldn't let it go. And I really saw that as the years passed, it tortured him more and more and more. And in the end, when you're unwilling to let go and move on, you really only harm yourself. And sometimes those around you I say unwilling because it is your choice it's your choice and although you may not feel like you have much of a choice you do you do you have a choice to either stay stuck or to move on and if you're struggling with any of these changes remember that you have a choice and if the struggle seems to be overwhelming you and you feel you need help then seek help By all means, seek help. In the stage of depression, you are no longer trying to run away from your emotions like you were in earlier stages. And sometimes things can feel really, really difficult. And again, this is a normal feeling. What, What really helped me is some examples from the life of the prophet, peace be upon him. Think of the year of sadness. Think of how he wept when his son Ibrahim died. It helps me to remember that I'm only human and that if the prophet could feel profound sadness, then why am I trying to beat myself up for feeling profound sadness? However, what's also good to remember is that it doesn't last forever. Think of the, f- the prophet peace be upon him. He lost his beloved wife Khadijah, but he remarried. He had a happy life afterwards. Yes, he experienced other grief and loss in his life. But Allah has promised us in the Quran, so verily with hardship comes ease. And this is in Quran 94.5. For me, what really helped me was to focus on the ease and knowing that it was coming and also to do things like exercising, things that I could actively do to help me out of my depression. Now, when you're feeling depressed, exercising can be a real challenge, but it really does help taking a long walk or doing something that you like, like I love swimming. It helps to release dopamine. And this is what makes us feel better. You may also want to consider a support group of other people who've experienced what you're experiencing, because this can help you to not feel so alone and isolated. And of course, make a lot, a lot of dua really has been my lifeline. And it is such a powerful weapon for the believer, for every believer. You can make dua for your loved one and for yourself. And it really helps you to make you feel good because you're doing something positive. Eventually, the pain does subside. However, for those who stay stuck in a stage, the pain often intensifies and that is why it's really important to work through the stages of grief. The next stage after depression is the stage of acceptance. In this stage is where you're getting back on track with your life and living according to the new reality with that loss. You may need to take some added responsibilities and finding a way to navigate without having that Thing that you've lost in your life. And this can be really challenging, but it could also be empowering, because you start to feel that life can be good. You need to talk to others and ask them for help to adjust in your new way of life. And it's also important to make sure that you take care of yourself and the needs of yourself and the needs of those that you're responsible for. I remember once meeting an old man on a bench who started chatting with me about washing powder. He didn't know how to wash his own clothes because his wife had always done the wash and she had passed away and he really wanted to know how to do the wash. So I took just a few moments and explained to him about how where he could find the, the, the detergent in the supermarket what the instructions were, how, uh, what to look for on a washing machine. And he was really grateful because he wanted to take care of himself and he wanted to wash his clothes. And it may seem like something trivial, but it's a part of healing. It was a part of his healing process. And a thing to remember is that life can be good and you are allowed to laugh and you are allowed to be happy. We are not meant to stay grieving forever. Still miss my loved ones, but I no longer grieve their loss. And that's okay. If I stay stuck in grief, it will be destroying my own happiness. Once you've reached the stage of acceptance, it's natural to have some ups and downs, especially around the time of the year when you're reminded of the loss. But remember that you can always rely on Allah and you can always make dua. Sometimes we feel this false sense of loyalty as if having a happy life is a betrayal to the person that we have lost. And this is simply untrue. Think of the Prophet again. Like I mentioned, he remarried after the death of Khadijah. May Allah be pleased with her. He had happy moments in his life and his marriages so why can't you stage is finding meaning and this stage can really help you grow for everyone this stage looks different for me it was a way of reflecting and learning about myself learning how i could become a better person also to draw lessons from things that my mom told me from the wisdoms that she shared with me that really helped me through different stages of my life. And it was a way of continuing on her legacy. We can also invest in sadaqah and I find this so beautiful in Islam. You know, you could build a well or a mosque or give some kind of sadaqah in the name of your loved one. This is just a wonderful, beautiful gesture. May Allah accept it. Amin. And something I particularly like is helping others. Now that you've experienced this loss, now that I've experienced this loss and, su- net sex- and successfully navigated through it, it's a way to help others who are experiencing loss. This is really a beautiful thing, and it can even help you find greater meaning in your loss, inshallah. I can tell you from my own personal experience that loss is not the end of life. Even if you think it is at this moment, it is not the end of life, it's the end of a period of your life and a new phase of your life is beginning. And if you're in lot grief now, you may not like that new phase. But if you persevere and work through it, you can become happy, life can become good, you can be fulfilled once again inshallah. And loss is a part of life. Working our way through it is a part of life. And if you're stuck in grief, give yourself permission to move on and use the resources available to help you. And remember that Allah is always there. I want to thank everyone for joining me today. Be sure to subscribe and look out for more beneficial conversation, you can follow me on Instagram at at from Noor with love, where I will continue to post beneficial content and we can continue the conversation and keep the feedback in your comments coming. And remember that we are a sisterhood. I am definitely your sister in faith. And when I say that I believe in you and I love you for the sake of Allah, it's because I really do. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ease your heart and my heart. Amin. My name is Noor M. Fox. You have been listening to From Noor With Love. Much love.